0: Hi, welcome to the Munch Bunch. This is Kimi Nishimoto, and I have my co-host, Megan Benoit. And today we have an awesome patient interview today. Uh, This is actually one of my patients, um, Heather, and she's going to tell us her story about having a tongue-tied baby and all the difficulties that came along with that. So... Heather tell us hi um,
1: yeah I have six children and um uh, I wasn't all of them have been tongue-tied but I did not know uh what that was until the fourth child and with that one, I dove all in trying to figure it all out that was about five years ago and um but then with uh my fifth child Child, he was actually a surviving twin that was born at 26 weeks and less than two pounds. So So he was super, super tiny and had a lot of medical needs all over the place. Not as you know many as he could have had. He actually did super amazing, and um, he didn't have any. He does not have any lasting issues at all. So it's just amazing he's three now amazing. um so he's doing amazing but it was definitely throwing uh, me into the deep end with not only all the things that a micro preemie entails but um but then the tongue tie as well which again is not a really um whether it is well known or just educated there's just not a lot of professional specialists that really know about tongue ties so even though i was a pretty confident mom. It was pretty confident shattering to be told a million times that that wasn't an issue. Yeah. So, so yeah, so that was um, definitely had to kind of, we were in the hospital for three months, just getting the, you know, just growing him and all those things that go with it. And um, they it's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I'm a hardcore, a little bit more on the crunchy side, you know, attachment parent style person. And so I've done all of the kind of weird things or against the grain things that it's helped my children. I've had children with different health issues and different things that I've had to go, you know, after that were against the normal route of things. So I wasn't, um I definitely wasn't what you going to say like, it's, that wasn't a strange thing for me to do. But um, delving into this whole world of things because he had occupational therapy for feed therapy. He had physical therapy and all this stuff going on. So um, and then just before all this happened, I had just finished my training for cranial sacral therapy. Um, so I was a little bit newer into that whole genre of things and that body work. And um, but knowing that my children needed it so bad, having been tongue tied and it creating so much fascial strain in their bodies and affecting all kinds of things. So I was right in the beginnings of really good jumping into that. So, which was good timing in the way, because I was able to somewhat, I mean, I had him to multiple, you know, therapists outside of the hospital when it comes to cranial sacral stuff and body work, because I knew how important that was in this whole layering of the onion as to what he needed so it uh but it was definitely a process i feel like for him more so than even my others with identifying and and really pushing through because for him with like i said like what a nine different therapists it's you know different points and to be told it was never an issue but, like his tongue tie was never an issue for any of them um in their professional opinions then you start to you know wonder if you're really sane yourself so it was just a longer haul with him
0: now heather um wasn't he on a feeding yes. tube as well yes, he
1: was um so he was he was so small on a feeding tube but we worked i think from like so he's born at 26 weeks at 34 weeks um they start kind of more feeding therapy kind of stuff and i started also attempting breastfeeding um which i'm a pretty hardcore breastfeeder and um so that whole thing started about 34 weeks, but he was, he was in the hospital for three months and then he was on a feeding tube for an additional three months outside of the hospital. Wow. So wow. It was, wow. it was a, it was a kind of a fight to the bitter end. It felt like, um, getting to the point for him. It's very rare to have micro that get to be exclusively breastfed. Um, mm. but hallelujah, we actually got to that point. And, and the, at the same Amazing. time, when our NICU, you know, buddy and a lot of our NICU friends, like it, they were also fighting this when you're on a feeding tube for so long. And for that was six months of his life, you know, then you start talking G tube and you're talking all those type of things, which was the course for a lot of moms that I was in there with. Um, so that we were kind of really on this cusp of that actually been a really big reality for us without getting him transition food wise and tongue tie revision, like all that played into this really specific timing that if it hadn't, we could have very easily I think ended up there.
0: Yeah. It's crazy. Because you said that the your friend that was in a mm-hmm. very similar situation, they ended mm-hmm. up staying on the feeding tube even Yeah, way so yeah well today. like
1: our which they were born at the same gestation and um and just different. I mean, all babies had their different things and different issues and stuff like that, but they were pretty similar in that they didn't, neither of them had any big giant issues, surgeries, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but that situation did end up where she's three years old and, um, yeah, still also on that G tube for some things as well still. Yeah. So it's still a very active part Wow, although, and which is not uncommon in, in micro preemie world. So it really is not like a, it's, it's pretty common. So I was having in my navigation and everybody's got their own specific journey, but me navigating, trying to figure out what was regular preemie world and what was, what, what my, what I felt like my child needed. And it was, it's a, it was a hard navigation. <laughs> hard thing to navigate for yeah. Sure. Now mm-hmm. who
2: ultimately decided or like fit, found out that, uh, the hate was tongue tied.
1: Well, I, I I pretty much knew. I mean, all the rest of my children are tongue tied. Like it has to be a deal. Like I'm yeah. you know I'm looking at That's it. Like, <laughs> like they're all like the the fourth child was severely tongue tied. Like po- mm-hmm. her posterior tie, but all of them were mostly posterior ties. So a lot of people don't recognize posterior ties as really being a thing if mm-hmm. they can't see the tongue being pinned down the front. Mm-hmm. So that was from my own. Um, just my own experience research, watching how they're using their tongues, um, knew that they had even my, my fourth child after a revision, like she just still had so much tension in her body, Mm -hmm. which is what drove me into the body work end of things. And there's gotta be more to this that I'm not just surgery, like quick little lasering of something. Like there's more to this that I'm not getting at. Um, so for me, it was, Heather is so, <laughs> oh, guys. She is so- She She's
0: like, not just a clip and snap. She knows. Uh, yeah, ahead. I
1: can. I can get kind of ruthless, probably. When I just know it's just not. I just cannot handle knowing that something's not enough. Like, mm-hmm. or I'm not pursuing the right thing for my child, or whatever it is. Like it just felt, and with, and with Aton, with as tiny as he was and all the things that he had to fight and power through, I mean, I mean, his, his name basically means like strong warrior, right? Like, so yeah. he's like, really was exactly that. Um, but I think so there was one of our, so we had home therapists that came to our home every week. And one of them was an occupational therapist that was uh, pretty woke in some different areas when it came to at least my more holistic end of thinking mm-hmm. in some areas, and so she was at least she. W- I felt like was my non-antagonistic partner in a lot of areas because I just felt like I was always like this constant pushback I always felt when it came to feed issues or body work issues or whatever else. Like it's just a very segmented world, medical world. Mm-hmm. This is your, mm-hmm. this is your eating therapist, and they may know nothing about tension in the body, right? Because that's for the physical therapists but they're pretty connected you know if you're so tight that your tongue can't move or swallow right you're not probably going to eat very well uh, but that's a completely different thing mm-hmm. in there like in the yeah it's just so segmented so it was really hard trying to communicate these things to different people and so that occupational therapist uh, feeding therapist she at least like confirmed she's like if you're feeling like there's something here then pursue it like, so that was at least that little plug, which at that point, I was a pretty shattered person. Like, I'm a, I'm pretty strong. I'm pretty strong-willed. I barrel through stuff. I don't care to be, you know, I don't, I don't care if I'm an oddball. I don't. But those those many months, that many months, I was pretty shattered. Like, I was not. I was a shell of who I used to be. And my huh. husband was like, who is this? Aww. Who is this Heather, like, that? You know, my, where's my wife? Because my wife would go after something and know it and go after it. And at that point, I was so scared. I was like, am I going to hurt my child? Because you have those, you know, when you have specialists that are telling you that there's nothing wrong in this area, you need to just step in line and do this thing. And eventually something will be fine. But you just need to just lay it all down. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're told that a million times it is like serious gaslighting, like you begin to then wonder about yourself. <laughs> <laughs> and so I was a rebuilding so the tongue tie I I did have I was re-researching everything I had you know for I mean I was in that it was a big foggy zone for me too because again I had we were in the midst of moving I had four other children at home um and I'm living at the hospital and it was just a crazy time even after coming home so I was researching as much as I could I think at that point I also uh, contacted um uh, a contact with a lactation or with a Jacqueline. Um, yeah, yeah cancer, cancer. My Birth circles, and I was like, okay, that's somebody I trust. She gets the tongue tie thing. I need to talk to her. So I think I had a video consult with her, and like, because I was really want to make sure, like, is this just me, or is this an actual thing? Because I don't want to put him through one more thing. He, you know, like he's been through so much. Like mm-hmm. the thought of like injuring his tongue, what, like, especially when you have all these people saying it's not needed, right? And like, I really don't want to do this and mess up because we were on the cuts of trying to get him off the tube. He could never breastfeed enough, quite enough to get off of a tube, but completely refused bottles. Mm. So he, it was just really like, we couldn't quite get him, get enough. And so I was like, what do I do? I was afraid of getting the revision thinking, is this going to knock him back where he can't do anything orally at all? Um, and then we've lost all the ground and we still end up mm. with a G-tube. Um, so it was just a lot of weighing those things, but at a certain point, um, which I think it was in that four or five months range, we came home at three, four to five months. So like maybe five weeks later, I think it's probably when I was finally like, this has to happen. This is, we're not going to get off this tube unless we address some of these other things. So I, I was having him get body work done. Um, but that, that tongue, now I finally got it revised. It was so obvious after the revision that yes, I needed to have the revision done, but it was a really hard decision um, with him, I think just because of the process we went through. Now, my last baby here that he's almost a year old, um, it, it was, he was actually, he was he had an anterior tie as well. So his was a lot more obvious as well as serious posterior. So all my other ones like, and any babies from here on out would be like, uh, duh, yes, automatically. Let's get this thing revised ASAP. Let's get on this. Um But his was definitely a process. But once we finally did, it definitely freed up his tongue a lot where he could then swallow and take in more. And it really was like almost like a switch at a certain point. So crazy. Be able to just eat. So I never thought the day was going to (laughs) come. But.
0: And he was able to yes. exclusively
1: breastfeed, so he would have been. So he was period? born three and a half months early. We get out just before his due date, and so he's three months old then. But he's supposed to kind of be a newborn, and then three months after that is when we came off the tube. So he was technically six months old, but he would have been more like three and three ish months old, like on a regular timetable, um, but had been on a tube for six months.
0: Hmm.
1: Yeah. So it was pretty incredible to get to the point where we didn't have, because these were all weighed feeds that I did. Mm -hmm. So off a scale 60 sometimes a day, weighing him trying to get decent weights as he got bigger. And it was crazy. The feed battle was intense, but we made it.
2: (laughs) Now, when you, when you were kind of going through all of this, like do you, you just kind of were constantly feeling like everybody was like not buying into what you were experiencing is that really kind of um is that kind of what you were feeling
1: absolutely it was definitely feeling like you look were the horned weirdo like that you thought this was a big enough deal like and it it, that with that whole genre of or that whole um that whole world of things with uh especially in the hospital with feeding and um it just is so segmented so it just didn't make nobody has like a A to Z, I feel like approach to like all these different facets that that go into eating and swallowing. And um, so, yeah, I did feel like a little bit of a horned weirdo. And I'm like, with feed issues, like even what he could feed, what he'd eat, what he could handle. Like I know what my kids can handle, but you know, they're like, no, they all need to eat this. I'm like, that's not gonna work. He's gonna react to it, which he did. But then they're like, no, that's a preemie issue, and. So when their tongues aren't working right and they're not swallowing, I'm like, no, it's because he was born so early. Um, So yeah, it was hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's just interesting to me
0: because like, I know you so well and you are (laughs) tenacious. Like you will grill any dentist, any uh, orthodontist to get the treatment that you think is right for your kids. So it's just so interesting to me to hear you yeah. say that you were, like, so beaten down and so yeah, frustrated and just
1: defeated.
0: Because <laughs> I that like, is well, My not husband Hedder. was like,
1: who is this person? Because <laughs> I was all of a sudden, like, I just have to follow. I just have to, like, bow my head and just plod along and do, like, what they want me to do. And my husband's like, what? Like, no, that's not who you are. That is not what we're going to do. Like, you know what your child needs. Now go after it. So Hallelujah, I have a husband that, that woke me up a little bit and you know and encouraged me to pick up my battered pieces and, <laughs> and keep fighting for him. And it was really crucial timing when we did. Like really crucial. If I hadn't if he hadn't sh- kind of shaken me in that way, then that, that window right there with feed issues, what we were feeding him, and the whole revision thing, body work. That if we hadn't done that, I feel like the reflux that was also induced from all the stuff, he had a horrible reflux from the horrible stuff they're putting in his milk that we were Mm, forced to, Um, plus you have the tongue tie stuff causing reflux as well. Um, so that whole thing it was it was creating horrible reflux that then was gonna create oral aversions. And that's what happens to the most I mean, a, a good many babies is they get to a point where the reflux is so bad they develop on such a bad oral aversion, they can't do anything by mouth, and then they end up on a G tube. Um so we were really in a such a crucial mm-hmm. zone. Like we were just and just having different babies that we are around in the same boats as us, you know, that did have that the oral aversions got so bad and they you know, had to go the G-tube route and that kind of thing. So yeah, it was, it was definitely, uh, it felt like a very lonely, lonely path in, in that way, for sure.
0: <laughs> and then flash back to your other children, like all mm-hmm. six of them have come out tongue-tied. What has been your experience with like the little ones, like the The kids that you knew they were Mm -hmm. tongue tied, they got released really early. Uh, What about your your er, later, your sorry, your older Mm -hmm. kids um, that were not released, Mm -hmm. didn't know anything about it? What has been the experience between the released versus the not released? I mean, with
1: my the three older ones that hadn't had um, revisions because I didn't know they each 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 of them had very unique. Symptoms from each other. It wasn't like they all had the same issues, but Mm -hmm. um, one had gagging and swallowing Mm -hmm. issues, like he could never put very much food in his mouth. He always had ear troubles. Um, The other one, like it, like that affected their jaw growth dramatically in different ways. Um, Lots of crowding, vaulted palates. So those type of things like gag reflexes, um, no mouth breathing. Like, all those classic things, but all of them having different um, different ways that's affected them. Um, so, yeah. But, and, of course, nursing. I'm breastfeeding all of these tongue-tied children not knowing that there was an issue. So I went through a lot of severe pain and chronic infections myself, mm. um, never knowing that that was a part of the problem. Like, I just had chronic breast yeast infections um, that were the most insanely painful because I can go ductal and I went ductile twice for me, like the most severe pain you could ever possibly like, imagine. Uh. And never realized that could be caused, you know, from, you know, insufficient latches that I'm like, well, you know, I've been able to power through, you know, these three babies and I've, you know, breastfed them each for, you know, two years. And, um, but with my fourth child, her posterior tie was so bad that within like a week of her being born, I was mutilated. Mm-hmm. And I was like, hey, this is this is not going to work. So, oh. so we're going to have to figure out what's going on here because that was not a power through uh, thing. Like that wasn't an option at that point. So, they so definitely did have the nursing difficulties with them, but not as bad as the fourth, which I'm glad for because then we discovered what was going on. So, mm-hmm.
0: compared to the your your sixth mm-hmm. baby that was revised real early.
1: What's, yeah, what was he the difference um, that? also, which is, his was pretty anterior, as well as a really thick posterior. Um, he was we I had him revised twice, um, once at like 10 days old. And then again, at like four months, because it just felt like it wasn't quite and maybe all of my babies need more something more like that. Because my fourth child that I had had her done it at like 10 days ish, two weeks old. Um, but it just almost felt like it wasn't quite enough. Mm. So this, this baby, I I like knew enough that I'm like, it's not enough. It's almost like they almost have to be a little bit bigger too for their, even to really get in there. They're so tiny when they're newborns, but they obviously need it right away. But then it's almost like there is deeper work that's needed to really get the full release um, that I actually had him done twice, which it was not pleasant. It's not, oh, I always like, The only, I bet I probably wouldn't even want to do this if I didn't already have the older children to say it is far worse. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, if you, if you don't have that in (laughs) your, like right in front of you, it would be very easy to be like, it's probably be okay. You know, we'll just skip it. Well, it'll work out. There's plenty of people that would say, oh yeah, you know, and uh, medical people, dental people would say, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. Um, and even like mid, I mean, I'm more in birth world, so like even midwives, um, doulas, lactation consultants, like not a lot of. I mean, it's getting a little bit better, but not a lot of very good um, all-around knowledge on it. A lot of just bluffing it off, like it's not really a thing. So, um, or that they do know about mm-hmm. it, it's like a clip, you know, clipping something, or mm-hmm. is it really a full piece? Or right. and then all the body work or whatever that's needed, it's very seldom just like a a snippet and then you're like golden yeah like a lot of other things going on that i'm still discovering now even with my children that were revised the methods are, or things i should have been putting more in place Mm -hmm. then and as they got bigger that i'm just learning now with more of this myofunctional therapy stuff so i'm like ah it I know
2: well we know now (laughs) always (laughs) 2020 yeah
1: always 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 so yeah I got all my all my little people on munchies right now so yeah
2: (laughs) and they're all they're all in therapy therapy and you know (laughs) it's it's amazing so I have three sisters um and we are all some sort of tongue-tied and you know obviously now um, my mom knows more about it and it's just it's amazing it's like you just don't know what you don't know right like um you know i'm lucky because i well i'm 36 weeks pregnant so i'm super pregnant my baby actually currently has like hiccups in my tummy right now um oh i know, oh, I that know. baby's
0: gonna
2: come out so, so uh yeah she's gonna be a little tongue-tied baby i've already like i'm not even she hasn't even been born and i'm already like okay this is like, I'm going to go see this doctor, I'm going to do this, we're going to do some cranial sacral therapy. Um, But I would never know that if this wasn't like, my world, right. And, um, you know, you you can kind of like, you definitely can like laugh about like, the fact that I've already called the doctor and they're like, yeah, your baby's not born yet, you need to wait. And I'm like, I know. But like, what, what's the protocol here? (laughs) Like, (laughs) like, I know, and like, I've seen my friend's (laughs) babies go through the acid reflux. I've had a nephew go through the acid reflux and it's just like, Oh, let's just give the baby Prilosec. And it's like, there's just so much more to it. Um, And, you know, it's so great when you can really rely on kind of your mom gut, um, Mm -hmm. you know, which I'm hoping to develop here in the next few weeks, but, um, and just really advocate for your kids because like, (laughs) not only like, you have to advocate for yourself, but like, if you can't advocate for yourself or advocate for your kids, like who's going to do that for you? I can't tell you how many times we've heard Mm. of patients who are like, why didn't anybody tell me this? Or like, why don't certain like specialists know about this? And you know, it's, you just have to, you have to go to the mat for yourself and for your kids. So I think that's amazing that you kind of found that fight back. And then now Mm. you've really seen the difference of, you know, like what yeah. that means for your kiddos.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so grateful to found Kimmy and um and just having again like finding these key people again. There's a lot of there's a lot of things and resources and people out there, but I'm just such a skeptic. I know. You no, know, no. I want the right one, mm-hmm. like the real one. Oh yeah, like that's the one that I want. Like I don't want to just do something and then realize five years down the road I totally did not do it thoroughly or enough mm-hmm. or you know, I only half did it. So I'm like, I really want somebody that's going to really know. So I was re- so thankful to find Kimmy yeah. and be like, oh, I can like breathe. you like, all right, this person knows their stuff. He knows what we're talking about.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. It's oh, been yeah. a joy working with you and I just love your kids. <laughs> they're, so, they're so smart. I'm like, What's, what percentage of the, to- of the day is your tongue up in the roof of your mouth? Well, I would say I think about it, like, sometimes, so I would I say love it. 57%. I love when they are so specific
2: with their percentages. It, like, it's, like, everything. Um, yeah, it's so funny. But, um, yeah, you know, it's – honestly, Heather, it's been so great to have you because um, all the time we are <laughs> – you know asked by patients too like hey well can you tell me people who've like gone through this and you're like yeah but I can't because of HIPAA but like yes you Mm -hmm. know Um, so Mm -hmm. having just patients and people and just people (laughs) willing to share their stories is so 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 important so other people know that they're not alone Uh, Mm -hmm. you know even like a little bit off topic I have like five or six patients right now who are all kind of in the like first and second grade um, age group. And they are like, they're going nuts. They're going so crazy having to be online school, not being able to be with their friends. And I know a lot of kids are Um, like, I know it's not just a specific age group, but this is just kind of in particular. And I can't tell you each parent has said at some point, like, man, we're really struggling with behavioral or we're really struggling with this or we're really like, and it, we just kind of feel like an Island. And I'm like, I promise you, I just had this conversation with my patient before you, who's the exact same age. Like mm-hmm. we're all going, like everybody's going through it right now. And I think sometimes we kind of forget that we're not always so alone, mm-hmm. you know? And so it's so important to find those people you can connect with and find those people to be like, Hey, me too. Like we're in this together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like it is, it's it's kind of pushing through um, like not being satisfied until you find the person that gets you like Mm -hmm. an encouragement. Like it is, there is somebody out there. Yeah, absolutely. There's somebody somebody that's working and as frustrated as as you are about this thing or whatever it is. And I feel like I had to push past so many of my, even when you're like, let's say you push through something, but you don't, you still get the same person that tells you the same thing. Mm -hmm. And like, even if that happens eight times, ten times, like to be able to push through those things like that person's there, the stuff that you know if your mom gut you know which you're totally developing your mom gut carrying your baby for sure, you know like there is so much that you will instinct instinctually you know know something's not right, and I think as we really just get more grounded as mothers and not I mean I'm a big proponent for um really like I'm the center of that world I'm not outsourcing my children's upbringing their wellness or you know I'm not outsourcing that to anybody like that's my deal mm-hmm. like I'm gonna bring in all kinds of people but that's my deal mm-hmm. like this is my responsibility so I think when we really stand at the center of that like we're at the center of our children's lives and that kind of thing versus like oh that's that you know doctor's issue. Like that's, that's what they do. They'll take care of my children in this way or that dentist, or I thoroughly love and rely on so many different professionals. Um, I've access to my life, but for moms to know, like you and for parent, like parents to know, like you are the center of that, that, that thing, mm-hmm. you, you will have access to what you need and what you need to pursue. And, you know, rather than assuming it's going to come through somebody else, like go for it yourself. It's there. Mm-hmm.
2: I love it.
0: I agree. And Mm -hmm. Heather, like that was a beautiful ending because you are so good at, you know, taking responsibility for Mm -hmm. your kids and their health. Like, you know, I just love that about (laughs) you. You're definitely a mama bear. (laughs) And I think this will be like really inspiring for people. So thanks so much for telling your story. And, you know, We'll have to check in with you in the future, oh, yeah. you know, as the kids go through expansion and everything. Yeah, I'm curious be... to to hear how that goes. So, um, yes, thank you, Heather, everybody. So much. Heather, for this joining awesome. us today. Yeah, and... thank you so
1: much for the opportunity. Definitely a new thing for me, but I'm hopeful I didn't botch it too bad, and it'll it'll be all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: you did great. You can find Megan and I on Instagram. Megan is. You can find Kimmy on Instagram, Mouth Muscle Memory. You can find Megan on Instagram, NWMFT, which stands for Northwest Myofunctional Therapy. Um, you can also find us with the Munch Bunch podcast on Instagram.
2: Please post any questions that you have. We always are trying to connect people with great resources. Um, You know, Kimmy and I both work all over the U.S. and the world. And so we've been building teams. Um, So don't be shy to reach out.